Hello, hello. Welcome to the Good Girls Get Rich podcast. This is episode 267, and it is also New Year's Day 2024 when this is being released. So happy new year. Um, I've been spending a lot of time in the last few weeks and few months. I like kind of like to call Q4 like the on-ramp to 20 to the new year. So I love that. I love just love the energy of a new year. I know that it's, you know, the calendar just flipped one day, right? It's just still one day, but I love that the energy of a new year. So I'm so excited to be able to do this episode with you today because I think this is such an important topic. Um, and I have Tina Wiles with us here today. I'm excited to do this episode with Tina. Tina is a passionate educational strategist and the heart behind my tutor, a woman-owned venture revolutionizing test preparation. With over 17 years of expertise, Tina specializes in conquering test anxiety, transforming it into confidence and success. At my tutor, Tina empowers students, professionals, and educators alike, turning the daunting task of test taking into an opportunity for triumph. Using her experiences as a mother of four sons, an industrial engineer, and a certified high school math teacher, Tina should have a crown on her head, but Tina has created an innovative approach combining knowledge of test content with effective anxiety management techniques. Her goal, to guide test takers of all ages towards peak performance with unwavering confidence. Tina, I'm so happy to have you here today. That that bio sure was a mouthful. (laughs) No, it's a good, it's a good one. It's a good one. It really is a good one. I love having you here. So Tina and I met because we were both uh, participating in a program uh, early in 2023. And then we've moved on to Tina. And and when I got to know Tina's business, I loved Tina's business. And then she was looking for some help with her business. So I got the absolute pleasure uh, to be able to help Tina make some shifts in her business. So we've really been like connected for this year. And I love that we're kind of kicking off 2024 with this energy of, you know, of stepping into this year and this next chapter. Yeah. It's all, it feels like a, a, a fresh slate. Right. Yeah. Like the, right. Yeah. Yeah. It does, and it is like just another day, right? But it, yeah. there's, I don't know, there's something about it. There's something about it. There's something about the energy of it, and you know, it's it's interesting. You, if you're listening to this, going, well, Karen, why do I care about like tutoring? Like, you want me to my you want me to, does my kid need to be listening to this? The answer to that is yes and no, um, because there's a lot. What I loved about Tina, and which is why I was so excited to get a chance to help her with this mission is that part of Tina's mission in test prep is not just helping the kids that are need to pass their SATs to get into college, but think about the thousands, probably hundreds of thousands, maybe more of adults, grown adults who need to take a test that are getting stuck in their careers, right? Like you're a realist, you really want to be, your heart isn't that you want to be a real estate agent, but you have such anxiety, you can't take the test or I mean, Tina can list a, l- a long list of industries. This happened to it. I never heard of anybody that was really serving that market. So, you know, I'm all about like, I want there to be more wealthy women in the world. And this is something that was really, I think, holding a lot of people back that the anxiety of having to take the test to be able to step into the next chapter of their lives. So what made you like, let's start with that. What made you start to think about beyond your own journey and experiences and helping, you know, students and kids with test prep? thinking about the adults that needed this support as well. <laughs> it was interesting. And part of it is like just being as an entrepreneur, right? Uh, luckily, I kind of had all my ducks in a row when this crazy opportunity landed in my lap. Um, and it was someone contacted me because they knew that I worked with uh, high school kids, SAT and ACT. And um, they worked for a group of schools 
uh, mortuary schools where the mortuary students, once they graduated, were failing their national board exams to the point that the school was at one of the schools was on academic probation in jeopardy of losing their accreditation (laughs) because they had so many people failing. Right. And then all of a sudden it was like this light went on of, oh, my gosh, just because some like the kids that had anxiety issues in high school grow up to be adults that have anxiety issues when they have to take these exams. And even more so because it's not just, you know, how I do like depends on it, but it's like what I do as a living and the work I've put in for the past couple of years depends on the results of an exam. (laughs) Right. And you know, I'm sure there's somebody listening going, right. Why didn't I ever think about this before? Because that's how I felt when I heard that. I was like, wait, of course that's true. How many people are underemployed and not living out their dreams because of a stinking test right? Like, and it's, I guess it's a necessary evil in, or it's just necessary. Let's not call it evil, but it's necessary to, you know, to, for accreditation and to get, to, to, to get the certifications and things you want. But there's so many industries, you know, there's all the financial planning industries have to take tests. Right. And I didn't, who would have ever thought I would have never thought of a mortuary school. Right. But of course, you know, it's important that your morticians know what they're doing and that are, have, you know, graduated. And, and, you know, I even say that with some of the programs I have, like, like I just don't want your money that you paid for, to take this. I want you to act. I want to know that you actually know the content. Yeah. Right. And the only way to do that is to a, a test of some sort. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, it's firemen and policemen and your hairdresser had to get a cosmetology license, right? Like, the number of people and, and trades, right? Like any of the trades, everyone almost has these types of exams that they that they need to take. And there's just so much pressure. And it's shocking that from the industries I've like gone through and researched, it's about 50% of people fail these exams the first time around. It's not just a couple, right? But no wow. one talks about teaching. So they finally released all this data on um, the the test company that does the the teaching exam for certification. Mm-hmm. Finally went through and released and did all this analysis. Fifty five percent of teachers that have graduated from accredited schools have done their student teaching. Fifty five percent of them fail their teaching certification exam the first time. Wow, it's insane! It's wow. crazy. 20% of those that failed go on to never take it again. Oh my gosh. Like like you went through school, you paid for school, you've done your student teaching, you're literally, obviously you graduated, right? Like, you know, the content and you know what to do to be a teacher, but you fail an exam. That's crazy. You know, I have, um, one of my kids has a learning disability called dysgraphia. And I remember when he was in high school, it was really difficult because what dysgraphia is, is what's in your head can't always come out on a piece of paper. Right. So I remember he was in a private high school, so they did not have to follow the rules that the public high schools have to follow around supporting kids with, with, you know, with learning disabilities. And he's, freaking brilliant, this kid. I mean, I mean, I know he's my kid, but he's brilliant. <laughs> he remembers everything to the point where like, who knows this stuff, right? Yeah. But I remember having a conversation with one of his teachers that was going to fail him in, I think, science or something because he didn't couldn't pass the test. Yeah, and I, I remember standing in the room with him and it was a Catholic high school, but I remember standing in the room with him 
and saying, does he know this content? And he says, he absolutely knows this content. I said, then how can you fail him? How are you going to make this kid take summer school? Because in my head, I'm thinking, and I got to drive him every day now, you know, for the summer. Like, how can you fail him knowing that he knows this content? And he was like, well, I don't know what the answer is. Hopefully, you know, and he was, you know, I get it was a Catholic school. Hopefully Mother Mary is going to help us with this. And while I'm all for my kids were in Catholic school, I was like, no, no, that's not who we need help from here. Do you know what I mean? Like you have the power in your hands to take care of this. And he did end up giving, like passing him by like a point. Thank goodness, you know, but, but. You know, I personally experienced the this, this struggles that people have. Like I said, this kid is, you know, brilliant. And yet he has difficulty passing a test because I remember when he was a kid, you quiz him in spelling and he knew every single thing. But then when he wrote him down, he couldn't get any of it right. Yeah. And, and that's like, actually What's like, going on? that's a huge test for parents, right? right. Any parents out there, if, um, if what you said happens, right? Like you can verbally ask them questions and they can, and they can explain everything. There's some type of either they can't get like dysgraphia, right? right? Where you can't yep. get into the paper, but even the test anxiety could be that extreme that they have the knowledge up here, but it's like physical, emotional, or, um, behavioral symptoms are causing it not to come out like it should during an exam. Right. Right. So tell me when you, when you started to venture into this world of supporting adults with test anxiety so that they could live the life that they want to live in the life and the business and career of their dreams. How is it different than like the kid, the kids you were working with prior to that, like the kids with the ACTs and SATs? Um, so the with ACTs and SATs, why I love doing that so much was because for me, it was really about teaching life skills about how to deal with pressure situations. And, um, and that's usually the first experience that kids have with that, right? That high stakes exam. Mm-hmm. Um, and the difference when working with adults is there is so much more mindset stuff there. Because it's years of having issues, right? right? So in working with the adults, it's more about like having them get out of their own way. And just because you failed in the past doesn't mean you're going to fail in the future. And so much changing answers, right? Like I was everyone I talked to was like, I'm like, and you change your answers when you go, through, oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Because it's the, it's that belief. Right. right. They're like, right. well, if I chose this answer, it must be wrong. So I need to. Ch- right. Because I always <sighs> get questions wrong. Right. Like that kind of stuff is wow. more prevalent with adults than it is with the uh, high school kids. Wow. That's nuts. And I think about like, it's a little heartbreaking, but I think yeah. about even like all the people that I deal with that because it's because things like like imposter syndrome are just so prevalent and normal. Right. I mean, it's all normal, right? There's nothing that's abnormal about any of this, but it's, it's so, so many people have imposter syndrome because, you know, when you're going from, let's say you're a, let's say you work for a company and you decide you're not going to be in corporate anymore. You're going to quit your job or retire and you're going to step into this new role as a realtor or an entrepreneur or a hairdresser or something you need to take a test for or not, whatever. Mm-hmm. There's an identity shift there, right? Like you've, you don't know, you've never been an entrepreneur before. You've never been a hairdresser before. So how could you know how to be this person? So, so there's a, there's a kind of a natural, um, you know, feeling of, of imposter syndrome, but layering that on to the anxiety around taking tests seems, seems like a mountain that people have to overcome. Yeah. 
Oh, it's insane. Like the inner critic issues and them just not trusting their instincts and then dealing with the pressure, right? Of, cause then it's usually a lot of people right now, instead of like in high school where the pressure was just, can I get the score to maybe get into a school or get scholarship money? Um, now it's, I need to get this score and pass so I can pay my rent or my mortgage right. or, right? Like the kids are dependent on it. My yes, house exactly, is dependent right? on it. Yeah. I'm letting people down if I don't pass this test. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, I, my anxiety is going up. I know. Talking about <laughs> this. You take that and not every test, but like the mortuary ones, mm-hmm. it's a three hour exam. You're sitting in a testing room, which you almost have to go through like a strip search before you take the exam because they like <laughs> at these right. testing facilities, right? They make sure no cheating and any of that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. You take a three hour exam and when you hit submit, it comes up on the screen, whether you pass or fail. Oh, wow. I know. Oh, wow. Like, you must sit there like, I don't want to hit the button. I don't want to hit the button. What should I change? Right? Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. You know, it's it's wild. Well, I'm grateful that there's people like you that recognize that there is a need for it. So let me ask you this. Can you give, if somebody's listening to this, first of all, if you're listening to this and you know people that might be experiencing this, definitely send this show their way because you're going to, we're going to tell you how you can connect with Tina and how you can get some support on all of this. Um, But can you give us a couple tips that you, that maybe like are most common things you see and the most common, like, you know, simple ways to maybe overcome a couple of these things. I know it's not simple, right? But are there any tips you can give us for people that are struggling with this now? Absolutely. So like I said, one of the most common things is people wanting to change their answer choices. And so my recommendation for that is um, I tell people like basically to pause. So before you change an answer choice, um, you want to make sure that it was wrong. Okay. And a lot of times people want to change it if they don't think they're right. Okay. Right. And so my advice is if if you don't think you're right, leave it. If you know that you're wrong, then change it. Right. Like I misread the question and right. Why that is, is because subconsciously, right. So um, like, I think our subconscious processes the vast majority of what we're exposed to, right. We're bombarded with millions of bits of information every second and our conscious mind can only process 40 to 50 bits of information a second. So um, temperature is the perfect example. So we feel the temperature all of the time, but that's all subconscious. It's only when it's too hot or too cold, our subconscious is basically like, knock, knock, conscious mind, do something about the temperature because I'm too hot or too cold. So the same thing happens when you're going through an exam where you might not know why you chose an answer, but there was a reason that you chose it. And so that's why you only want to change it if you know that you were wrong. Um, So that is a huge one. Another huge one that I've had people pass exams just off of this bit of information. And this is true on any multiple choice exam. (laughs) So like high school, like all these standardized tests, the the, uh, professional exams. if you don't know the answer, like you can't eliminate anything, you have no idea, maybe it feels like the question's written in another language, pick the same letter all the way through the test for those, either the questions that you have no idea on, or if you run out of time, you pick the same thing all the way down. Okay. Okay. Wow. Why, <laughs> why wow. that is, is because 
um, statistically, so if there's four answer choices, you have a 25% chance of getting it correct. Mm -hmm. And you could pick different answers, right? Like we've seen pictures where people drew like right pictures on their answer sheets and stuff. Um, And you can get some right. But if you answer the same question for all the ones that you don't know, or if you run out of time, statistically, you'll still get a quarter of those questions correct. Oh my gosh. That's such, that's, and it makes sense. Right. Yeah. But who, especially under stress and anxiety, who's thinking like that? Right. Oh right. my gosh. Such good tips, such great tips. So let me ask you this. I definitely want to get people more information on how they can learn more about you, but tell me a little bit. I mean, so let me go back to your, your bio here. Industrial engineer, high school math teacher, you know, um, test prep company. Tell us how, tell us about that journey. (laughs) So I did not know um, the industrial engineer part. (laughs) (laughs) So I loved math and science in high school. And I remember being a junior in high school and I didn't even know what an engineer was at the time, actually. And my mom was like, you are really good in math and science and you actually really like them, which doesn't happen often. You should look into engineering. So I did. I loved it. And I went to University of Michigan and um, majored in industrial and operations engineering, which I did an emphasis in manufacturing. And the I worked for Motorola for uh, about nine years, um, manufacturing cell phones, like ancient, like these were the Right, like the original. I think phone. everybody can picture that motor, their first Motorola yeah, phone, right? Like this, the original Star Tax, where you're right, like, oh right. my gosh, this flips right. open, right? Yeah. Um, so I worked on manufacturing those, and I loved manufacturing. I loved working um, in engineering, and I, um, after I started a family, um, I still worked for about a year. I was in. By then, I was in some uh, supply chain stuff, um, but. Uh, if I would lived about an hour and a half away from where I was working and I had a one-year-old and one day, probably not the wisest decision I've ever made. I was just like, and I'm done. (laughs) It wasn't like, oh, I have this job I'm going to go do or right. It was just like, and I can no longer do this. (laughs) Um, And um, I kind of played around for a while. I did some website stuff, right? I just, I didn't like, not doing anything. Um, and then a friend asked me to tutor her son in college level math. And I was like, Hey, I really like this tutoring thing. And I've always thought about teaching. So I, I started tutoring, um, that grew and grew. And I was, I worked for two, uh, well, Huntington, like the strip mall place. Mm -hmm. And I worked for Sylvan or not Sylvan, um, uh, Kaplan, so another test prep, but like found out ACT and SAT was a big thing, which mm-hmm. when I went to high school, it was like, wake up early, go to bed early Friday night. Cause you have a test on Saturday kind of thing. Right. right? right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but obviously I was good. Always good at testing <laughs> to a good school. And, um, I just found I had this ability to break things down. Very basic. I think part of that's the engineer, right? Like it's just, take out all the fluff and here's yeah. what you need to do. And um, after working at, at Kaplan for a couple of years, I was like, okay, I was training all their tutors in Chicago. I was 
um, the lead math and science tutor in Chicago. And I was working for Kaplan Publishing as well, like helping them with writing books. And I was like, why am I doing this for Kaplan? <laughs> so I went out on my own. Um, by now that I had just had, I left when I had just had my fourth son. And um, I made a bunch of materials and I thought about like building a business. And then I was like, I did not have the ability to say no. So this was the housing downturn. My husband works in the housing industry. So I was like, oh, well, I just say yes to more people. So I was like working seven days a week, crazy hours. And I'm like, and now I have four kids that I never see. <laughs> well, yeah. I saw the little ones, but like the school age ones, right? right. I, I wouldn't see. And um, I was like, I'm going to go and get certified to be a teacher because then my schedule will match up, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Which it did. <laughs> but the job I got was working in inner city Chicago, uh, which was near and dear to my heart to help um, help that community, right, um, that I was working in. Um, I love the students. Um, but again, I ended up with a crazy commute because I lived... Um, I'm in the Chicago suburbs, right? So it was about an hour, hour and a half commute each way again. And um, I just, I gave everything I had to students, right? And then again, I'd get home and have nothing left for my own kids, right? So I was like, this is not sustainable. <laughs> yeah. I love working there, but I don't, if I had ended up at different schools to begin with, the story might be completely different, right? Um, right. But when I left teaching, I was like, okay, I really loved what I was doing before. I want to go into tutoring. Even my doctor, because I had I had a little little bit of a mental breakdown when I was leaving teaching, right? Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I bet. And four boys. That's all yeah. you need to be qualified for a mental breakdown. I have three boys. I have four kids, one daughter, but all well, four boys is enough to give you a mental breakdown. Yes. But I'm sitting in my doctor's office and like sobbing, right? And she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I said I was going to be a teacher and so I'm teaching. And she's like, no, you're not going back and you're going to start tutoring. And by the way, my daughter needs help with a paper this week because I had tutored her kids. <laughs> <laughs> and so then, though, that's when I switched to basically becoming an entrepreneur. And I was like, if I'm going to do this this time, I really need to be legit. And instead of just a profitable hobby, I need to set it up like it's a business. Um, and so then that's when when things took off with with tutoring. That's awesome. That's amazing. And it's, you know, it's an interesting, it's a typical entrepreneurial journey, right? No yeah. ladder to success, more like a roller coaster, yeah. um, especially for women, right? When we are trying to balance this as raising our kids and, you know, I don't typically live with regret about anything, mm. um, but I know I missed out on a lot of things, you know, the way that I, I wish I was an entrepreneur earlier where I could have balanced my life with my family. And, and I think now hopefully somebody's listening can, is doing that a better job at that than because there's so much more opportunity available to us to create our own businesses. Yeah. Than there were. And I think even now, as we move into 2024, certainly one of the things we learned in the pandemic years was that sometimes our entrepreneur businesses have more security than corporate businesses, right? Yeah. So, so this is our time. This is our time, especially women wow. too. I think this is our time. So what is on deck for you for 2024? What's, what does your business look like for this upcoming year? 
What are you um, What are you hoping to achieve this year, and who are you hoping to help? <laughs> really good questions. Yeah. So um, the. I expanding the business. So mm-hmm. I'm going to, um, I've had a couple contractors that I've worked with. Um, the goal this year is actually to bring on a couple employees. Um, and with a lot of the stuff I've been doing with the certification exams and like more test anxiety stuff. Um, I wouldn't say I've neglected the ACT and SAT, but that is a good business in its own in this mm-hmm. area. Right. So yeah. Um, bring in someone to, to help manage that side of the business. Um, we're doing a lot around, and one thing we don't, haven't even touched on yet is, so the professionals, right, and like taking those certifications exams mm-hmm. is huge with test anxiety. Um, but um, someone that I work with, Dr. Lisa Scaltetti, um, is uh, she's helped me with a lot of the stuff we've created and really good at the research. And her area of expertise is actually professional development for teachers. Okay. And so um, we've put together a whole program basically for te- doing professional development for teachers so that teachers can help give their students in K through 12 um, the tools students need to basically learn to take tests and manage anxiety. Right. So basically, Which hopefully the goal would be for them to carry those tools through exactly. adulthood. Right. So that there are more people or less people anxious about taking these exams and more people seeing the kinds of success that's really there for them. Exactly. And test taking is a skill, which means that you can learn how to take exams. Right. Like I just said, like little things like making sure that you pick the same answer for all the multiple choice right. questions. If you right. Right, if you can't eliminate Um, So there are specific skills that can be taught. And so um, we're working with school districts um, and and, and charter schools um, to basically give the teachers (laughs) the tools to teach the students. Yeah. Um, So that hopefully is going to be huge in 2024. Um, I've also applied for a bunch of TEDx talks. So I, fingers crossed, will be doing a TEDx talk in 2024. Um, yeah, so really just what about my tutor, the podcast, this there is what I do when people are because I'm thinking about people out there that there's, again, I just don't hear people talking about this. No, yeah. Right. I just don't hear people talking about this. And I, I, yeah, I just think more people need to know that it's, you know, again, it's, it's normal. Like we talk about imposter syndrome. It doesn't make it go away, but maybe it helps us feel a little bit like we're in good company when we're having yeah, imposter yeah. syndrome, but I don't think there's that same that there's sense of community out there for people that are have test anxiety. I think they're yeah. just working at Macy's and not, you know, taking the job of that they really want because yeah. they, you know, they just don't know how to get from here to there, right? Yeah, no people like you exist. So we gotta. Yeah, have I actually talked to there. someone who um, her, I think it is her brother. Um, is can is deathly afraid of taking exams. And so he's just going to work at Home Depot and he's decided he's going to do that for his whole life because he can't take exams in school and he can't go into a trade because you have to like literally it has, has defined his life. Of, I'm going to work here because I know I'm not going to have to take exams. And it's heartbreaking. And what's even more heartbreaking for me is that from the statistics that I've looked at, and these are really hard to find, um, but when people take the exam after they failed one time, 
you would think that the statistics would say that they're more likely to pass the second time. And the opposite is true. They're actually more likely to not pass. And it's because they don't share with anyone that they have failed, right? And now they're even more in their head. And most likely they're still studying the same way they studied the first time they failed. And they just need to switch things up a little bit, right? But they're not talking about it. And so... Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm down to help you get your message out. So if anybody here is listening, by the way, if you have an audience of people that maybe take tests, you need to connect with Tina and have them on your show or your introduce them to your audience, because, you know, this is, this is, these kinds of collaborations are what we stand for here in our, in the good girls get rich podcast and in our, she's linked up program, like really building strong collaborations, because this is a message that I think needs to get out there. And it's, I think it's life. I mean, I know it's life changing for so many people. Um, So Tina has a free uh, quiz. I love that you have a quiz for people that have test anxiety. (laughs) Tina has has a quiz. You can find at testanxietyquiz.com that gets you started to learn a little bit about the work that she does and how to do some work with her. And that leads to an opportunity to book a call with Tina. Um, So testanxietyquiz.com. We'll put all the links to this and all Tina's social media. This this isn't a quiz that you pass or fail. This is... Um, uh, that's good to know. That's good to know. Um, but, but definitely take, you know, grab that spot, see where you feel on that, grab some time to talk to Tina and, or connect with her on LinkedIn and DM her about, you know, just what it might look like to collaborate, to get her, her support to your test anxiety ridden audience so that your, your people, we all want, you know, like here, I'm here to just lift each other up. Right. So as I move into 2024, you know, we've got a lot of changes that we're looking at, um, in our, she's linked up programs and because we're always changing things, right? Like Tina, you know, engineer, teacher, you know, entrepreneur, um, we're always shifting things with the market. So we've got a lot of, a lot of changes, but we do, I do this because I want there to be more wealthy women in the world. period, which is why I have people like Tina on the show, because if there's one person listening that this helps and helps them get over that hurdle so that there's, so that they can then create the income that they want in their world, then that's all feeds my goal, right? Of there being more wealthy women in the world. So, um, that's, you know, if you want to know what, what some of the changes are that we've got in store for you in 2024, I'd love to see your name on our calendar. Just go to karenyankovich.com slash call. It gets you to the calendar and um, then we can chat about, you know, what it looks like to get some help with some of this stuff. Um, you know, when, when Tina came to me, we were talking initially and she's like, you know, she's like, well, we got the, you know, I got these people and like, so we can either go after a high school kid that's going to give you 20 bucks or a mortuary school. that's going to give you a big fat juice or, you know, a corporation. Like we flip the funnel. We're like working on getting, you know, these bigger opportunities because that's how Tina can reach the most people, right? Not it's win, win, win. When you focus on the bigger opportunities, right? With Tina focused on, cosmetology schools and mortuary schools and real estate schools and things like that. She can reach hundreds and thousands of people, not one high school senior at a time. Right. So that's what we stand for here. And, and she's linked up and on the good girls get rich podcast. And, you know, um, I feel like that same, that same concept could work for you. We don't necessarily know what that looks like yet, but that's what I love to do on these calls is to tease that out a little bit. Like what does your big fat juicy opportunity look like? Um, because it's, easy. Like Tina even said, like the, the SAT business keeps rolling. So it's easy to keep doing that and getting another dollar or another dollar, or another dollar from that. It's a little bit of a longer process to go after the big nuts, but 
you know, that's where the bigger, that's where you're building actual wealth into your business and your life. Right. Yeah. And being able to help more people, right? Like the, um, I love being able to help the individuals, but if I could teach teachers how to provide tools to students, right? Like that changes millions of lives instead of thousands of lives. Right. Right. So if you loved what you heard today, or if you, you know, have, have other people that you think would be a good fit for this, I would love for you to share this episode on your social media. We're all about lifting each other up around here, right? I want, I want everybody to be connecting with Tina. If, if tag Tina, tag me, we will both share your posts with our audiences so that we get yeah. you more visibility because that's how we, that's how we do things around here. Um, and you know, if you go to the show notes for this episode, you'll see a link for SpeakPipe. You can go to, or you can go to karenyankovich.com slash SpeakPipe. Leave me an audio message and let me know what you think about this. What did you think about this show? Or is there a guest you think I should have on this show? Is there a topic you'd like to see me cover? I respond to every single one of those audio messages personally. I love getting them because it's it's kind of a way, which is a, kind of what I like about this, doing this video, by the way, too, as opposed to we just started doing video episodes. I feel like when it's just me and a microphone, I'm just doing a lot of talking at you, right? And when you leave me a message and speak pipe, I can talk with you, right? Yeah. So this podcast, these video podcasts makes me feel a little bit more like I'm speaking with you, even though I'm really still kind of talking at you. So um, we're looking at build more of that into our world so that we can, so that you can feel more supported. Right. Um, and if you want to hang out with amazing people like Tina on a regular basis, the people that I wake up grateful for every single morning of my life, um, grab a spot on our calendar because we get to hang out in our She's Linked Up world with the best people. Am I right, Tina? I mean, the people blow my mind that we get to talk to, that we get to hang out with. Yeah. And I just have to say, so if you are, watching this and or listening to it and you're um an entrepreneur and you're like i i'm i'm feeling kind of stuck or i don't know what to do to like you know my first call with karen was i know i should be doing something on on, on linkedin um, but I have no idea. Like I've, I've friended all these people, but I have no idea what I'm doing on LinkedIn. Right. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> Which is more perfect people. Right. <laughs> I know I need to be there. Just help me. Just tell me what to do. Um, yeah. Like I, the, uh, the advice and the conversations I've had with Karen from the very first, uh, you know, phone call we had where we talked about stuff have been invaluable and what I've been able to accomplish and the goals, like even just getting ready for next year and uh, plans in place. And yeah, it's, it's amazing. Well, thank you so, for ma- saying that. Yeah. So, I love, I love, it's a mutual admiration society and spoiler alert, Tina, you don't even know this, but spoiler alert, if we do have it, as this, as you're listening to this in 2024, um, one of the things that we're going to be doing a lot of infusing in our programs is more done for you stuff because the people we work with are busy. So we're trying to, we're finding ways that we can do more for you so that you can do what you do best. So we're never going to log into your LinkedIn profile on your behalf, but we're, we're, we're going to get all the way to the edge. So we're working on stuff like that for you. So if you want to know what it looks like, grab a spot on the calendar and don't forget to, to, 
follow the show wherever you're listening to it so that you, we've got lots of great shows coming for you this year in uh, 2024. I can't wait for you to see what we've got in store for you. And I'll be back here next week. Tina, thank you so much for being here. It was so great thank to you do so this. Much for having me. It was so great to do this. And I am so impressed with what you're doing for the world. You're in a space that is so needed. So thank you for all you do. And oh, thank, um, you. thank you all for listening.